0: The blood moon has risen. It is time to tell stories of the strange and sometimes terrifying. A black cat brings us a true story. A vampire bat bites into a tall tail. An owl flies in a story from other worlds. This is Blood Moon Podcast. I'm your Blood Moon host, Andrew Carey. If you have a strange story or terrifying tale you want brought to life, please make your submission at bloodmoonpodcast.com. Now, turn up the sound and turn off the lights. Our animal totems have stories to tell. A Black Cat brings us a story from an individual that goes by the name of Constipated Hawk. It is a spooky account about a time when Hawk went hunting alone. in the UK, and my friend's uncle owns quite a large bit of land, and we go hunting quite often. We hunt pheasant, rabbit, squirrel, and duck, so we have no need for any high-power guns. We usually just take air rifles. Obviously rabbits are nocturnal, so we would most of the time set up camp, and go off with flashlights up at the top of the land where there was less woodland and more chance of finding rabbit. But tonight, I suggested we go down to the woodland area, as I had seen a few rabbit dens down near the creek. My friend was very against going down there, and made it clear he wanted to stay up in the fields. I told him, Fine, I'll just go off on my own and see what I can catch. I get down to the top of the creek, and as I near the creek, I remember hearing splashing and kicking in the stream, which I thought must have been rabbits. But when I looked through my scope, there was too much vegetation, and I needed to get closer. I start down the very steep side of the creek, and as I'm coming down, I noticed a white glint in the corner of my eye. And when I looked, I noticed it was a bone. I thought that it was quite cool and wanted to get a closer look. Upon said closer look, I can see quite clearly that it was a fully grown female deer. This is strange because as I said before, I live in the UK and we don't have a lot of predators down south where I was. So I thought, of all the things it could have been, was it my friend's uncle? No, he doesn't have a deer hunting license. A very large fox? No, I doubt a fox could kill a deer of this size. In the end, I came to the conclusion that it had fell down the creek and broken its leg and been left to die. I start walking back up the side of the creek when I heard some rustling on the other side. I think it's a rabbit, and I scope in to take a closer look. I was looking at sprinted away, making me jump. But this wasn't any normal sprint. This was a two-legged charge and I could see leaves rustling behind it as they were taller than me. This thing was huge and I was defenseless with just an air rifle. The sheer force of this thing ran with was enough to give me chills, so I hurriedly walked back up the creek to the fields to tell my friend what had happened. I asked if it was him doing it to scare me. He swore on his life that he had been up here for the whole time. After no luck catching rabbit, we went back to the tent to get some rest, but I couldn't sleep thinking about what that thing could have been. My heart dropped. The loudest blood-curdling scream made me jump out of my skin. My friend woke up in a fluster, asking, What was that? It was silent for a few minutes, and then it happened again. The scream rattled on for almost 30 seconds, and my friend suggested it was just a fox. But we had heard foxes scream many times before, and this was not it. This was a grown man's scream, but we were in the middle of nowhere and no one would be on a walk at this hour. Rest assured, we didn't sleep that night. Before we tell the next story, I ask you to help me keep the animal totems happy. Please subscribe, review and tell your family and friends about Blood Moon Podcast. We also invite you to follow us on Instagram at the Blood Moon Podcast. Now, back to the stories of the strange and sometimes terrifying Welcome back, an owl flies in with reports of UFO encounters that occurred in the United States during 1966. This is part one of Intruders in Indiana. It was a warm summer afternoon in 1966. Bobby Gale and Tina Johnson were joyfully playing outside their home when a bright light caught their attention. (laughs) At first, they thought it was a star. Then it swooped down over a nearby barn. They realized that it was a silver flying saucer. The domed craft drifted towards State Road 44, which was only a block away from the children. A high-frequency sound caused Tina to panic and run into her house. The dome disc hovered in place. Hatches opened and a beam of light was fired at the roadway. The family cat was rustling in a tree above the children. It became agitated and leapt out of the tree, forcing Bobby to secure the pet. At this moment, an automobile was caught in the beam and rose upward. Suddenly, two intimidating figures appeared in the translucent dome of the disc. The reptilian beings with their large red eyes tracked the automobile until it was engulfed by its captor. In a blink of an eye, the disc sped away. On a fall evening in Connorsville, Indiana, just a couple of months after the Johnson kids witnessed the abduction, a young woman stood at her bedroom window. She was not sure how she got there or why she was there. She could not move. Beyond the window was a domed aircraft hovering in midair. The multicolored lights pulsated rhythmically. Inside the portals of the craft were humanoids outfitted in metallic suits, and their features startled the observer. Long blonde hair, pale skin with sharp facial features, and large, almond-shaped eyes that were a brilliant blue. Collectively, the beams penetrated her mind with a message. Come with us. Come. Come with us now. She resisted the invitation. No. No, I won't. Danger is head. There's danger in your future. The craft quickly departed. That was left for the witness were headaches, dry heaves, and hysteria. Hello listeners, I am delighted to tell you about Blood Moon Craft. Blood Moon Craft is the strange and sometimes terrifying shop at Society6. You will find artwork and ghoulish goodies inspired by the tales told on Blood Moon Podcast. Every purchase will help the podcast grow. So check out Blood Moon Craft at Society6. A vampire bat bites into an old ghost story called Uncle Abraham's Romance. This tale was written by Edith Nesbitt in 1893. No, my dear, my Uncle Abraham answered me. No, nothing romantic ever happened to me. Unless, but no, that wasn't romantic either. I was. To me, I being eighteen, romance was the world. My Uncle Abraham was old and lame. I followed the gaze of his faded eyes, and my own rested on a miniature that hung at his elbow chair's right hand, a portrait of a woman whose loveliness Even the miniature painter's art had been powerless to disguise. A woman with large, lustrous eyes and perfect oval face. I rose to look at it. I had looked at it a hundred times. Often enough in my baby days, I had asked, Who's that, uncle? Always receiving the same answer. A lady who died long ago, my dear. As I looked again at the picture, I asked, Was she like this? Who? Your, your romance? Uncle Abraham looked hard at me. Yes, he said at last. Very, very like. I sat down on the floor by him. Won't you tell me about her? There's nothing to tell, he said. I think it was fancy mostly and folly but it's the realest thing in my long life my dear a long pause I kept silence hurry no man's cattle is a good motto especially with old people I remember he said in the dreamy tone always promising so well to the ear that a story delighteth I remember When I was a young man, I was very lonely indeed. I never had a sweetheart. I was always lame, my dear, from quite a boy, and the girls used to laugh at me. He sighed. Presently, he went on. And so I got into the way of mooning off by myself in lonely places. And one of my favorite walks was up through our churchyard which was set high on a hill in the middle of the marsh country. I liked that because I never met anyone there. It's all over years ago. I was a silly lad, but I couldn't bear of a summer evening to hear a rustle and a whisper from the other side of the hedge, or maybe a kiss as I went by. Well, I used to go and sit all by myself in the churchyard, which was always sweet with time and quite light, on account of its being so high, long after the marshes were dark. I used to watch the bats flitting about in the red light and wonder why God didn't make everyone's legs straight and strong in wicked follies like that. But by the time the light was gone, I had always worked it off, so to speak, and could go home quietly and say my prayers without any bitterness. Well, one hot night in August, when I had watched the sunset fade and the crescent moon grow golden, I was just stepping over the low stone wall of the churchyard when I heard a rustle behind me. I turned round, expecting it to be a rabbit or a bird. It was a woman. He looked at the portrait, so did I. Yes, he said. That was her very face. I was a bit scared and said something, I don't know what, and she laughed and said, Do you think, think I'm a, I'm a ghost? ghost? And I answered back and stayed talking to her over the churchyard wall, till t'was quite dark, and the glowworms were out in the wet grass all along the way home. The next night I saw her again, and the next night, and the next. Always at twilight time, and if I passed any lovers leaning on the stiles in the marshes, it was nothing to me now. Again my uncle paused. It's very long ago, he said slowly, and I'm an old man. But I know what youth means, and happiness. Though I was always lame, and the girls used to laugh at me. I don't know how long it went on. You don't measure time in dreams. But at last, your grandfather said I looked as if I had one foot in the grave, and he would be sending me to stay with our kin at Bath and take the waters. I had to go. I could not tell my father why I would rather have died than go. What was her name, uncle? I asked. She never would tell me her name, and why should she? I had names enough in my heart to call her by. Marriage? My dear, even then I knew marriage was not for me. But I met her night after night, always in our churchyard, where the yew trees were and the lichened gravestones. It was there we always met and always parted. The last time was the night before I went away. She was very sad and dearer than life itself, and she said, If you come back before the new moon, I shall meet you here just as usual. But if the new moon shines on this grave and you are not here, you will never see me again anymore. She laid her hand on the yellow lichened tomb against which we had been leaning. It was an old weather-worn stone and bore on it the inscription, Susanna Kingsnorth, OB, 1713. I shall be here, I said. I mean it. She said with deep and sudden seriousness, It is no fancy. You will be here when the new moon shines? I promised, and after a while, we parted. I had been with my kinsfolk at Bath nearly a month, I was to go home on the next day, when turning over a case in the parlor, I came upon that miniature. I could not speak for a minute. At last I said with dry tongue, and heart beating in the tune of heaven and hell, Who is this? That, said my aunt. Oh, she was betrothed to one of our family many years ago, but she died before the wedding. They say she was a bit of a witch. A handsome one, wasn't she? I looked again at the face, the lips, the eyes of my dear and lovely love, whom I was to meet tomorrow night, when the new moon shone on that tomb in our churchyard. Did you say she was dead? I asked, and I hardly knew my own voice. Years and years ago, her name's on the back and her date. I took the portrait from its faded red velvet bed and read on the back, Susanna Kingsnorth, OB, 1713. That was in 1813. My uncle stopped short. What happened? I asked breathlessly. I believe I had a fit. My uncle answered slowly. At any rate, I was very ill. "'And you missed the new moon on the grave?' "'I missed the new moon on the grave.' "'And you never saw her again?' "'I never saw her again.' "'But, uncle, do you really believe... can the dead... was she... did you?' "'My uncle took out his pipe and filled it.' "'It's a long time ago,' he said. "'A many, many years.' Old man's tales, my dear, old man's tales, don't you take any notice of them. He lighted the pipe, puffed silently a moment or two, and then added, But I know what youth means, and happiness, though I was lame, and the girls used to laugh at me. The Blood Moon is Setting. Thank you, Constipated Hawk, for sharing your story. You can read Hawk's account on Reddit. Intruders in Indiana was researched and written by Andrew Carey. Uncle Abraham's Romance was written by Edith Nesbitt, and it is in the public domain. Voiceovers provided by Andrew Carey and Melissa Chabomb. Sources are in the show's notes. Music and sound effects by Blood Moon Podcast. Other sound effects are from quicksounds.com and freesound.org. Thank you for listening.